Welcome to the Brilliant Perspectives podcast with Graham Cook. This is your host, Michael Becchio, and today we're wrapping up our current podcast theme on empowering grace. Today's message is actually a combination of two different segments taken from episodes seven and eight of the God's Empowering Presence series on Brilliant TV. Graham unpacks what it means to have a lens of poor grace in your life. In getting clear about what grace is not, we can move into embracing the magnificent realities of true grace. Graham also talks about some of the effects that poor grace has on our lives, from robbing our identity to imprisoning us in negative cycles. He also posits that grace is more than just a safety net or a fallback plan when we mess up or things go sour. It is the ruling, dominant force that God uses to unveil His goodness in and through us. Hey, thank you for joining us for the last several weeks of this podcast series on Empowering Grace. It's a pleasure to have you. I hope that you have been richly blessed. All right, on to Graham. Enjoy. Today we're considering the effects of poor grace. Poor grace occurs when religious legalism adopts a measure of grace, but then adds rules to control your behavior. Poor grace imprisons people through shame or condemnation, anger and judgment as a means to guilt people into change. It holds the identity of people captive to their behavior, not to who God is. Poor grace withholds love, mercy, and goodness until your behavior changes. Legalists living in poor grace tell you that God is like that too. They want to conform him to the image of the religious world. They refuse to recognize him as the one who is rich in grace and he's making us in that image. Really, how ridiculous is that? Beloved, whenever you hear hateful language, gossip, rumors, false accusations and lies, you're hearing the language of poor grace from an unrefined heart. Poor grace is afraid to defend people properly as those whom God loves. God isn't putting people on trial. He's not accusing, shaming, judging and condemning. In fact, 1 John 2 verses 1 to 6 says that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So how could God be judging people in this life and be their advocate, their public defender at the same time? That will be classic double-mindedness. And it doesn't make sense, right? Yeah, at the end of the age, there is a judgment. But in this life... These verses in 1 John say that Jesus has not just paid for our sins, but for those of the whole world. John 3, 16, 17 says that God not only loved the world so much he gave us Jesus, but that Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but that through him they could be saved. If the true nature of God was to live with people according to their behavior, then he would have to abandon them just when they needed him most. 
How many of us have had the experience of being at our worst only to have God come alongside us at his best? In kindness, in mercy, and in his compassion. I like the New American Standard Bible's version of Romans 2.4. It says, Do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience? Not knowing that the kindness of God leads to repentance. It wonderfully demonstrates the beauty of God's nature in the process of modeling grace. No one ever repented from being judged. To receive kindness when we're doing badly really upgrades your capacity to receive and enjoy God's love. No one ever repented from being judged. But kindness when we're at our most stupid, honestly, it ruins you in a good way. I remember a time in my life when I was willfully choosing to go my own way. And God's response was to be relentlessly kind to me and to bless me. Day after day, week after week, until finally it really enraged me. I was going, why are you doing this? You know I'm resisting you right now. And when I became quiet in my heart, all I could hear was God saying, Graham, because this is who I am. Live with it. But the thing was, I couldn't. The unrelenting, unchanging kindness of God broke my heart. And then it healed it. The empowering presence of His unchanging grace had empowered me to lay aside the old and embrace the new life that Jesus had established for me. And press the pause button. I want you to stop right there for a moment. There are probably some of you listening who have been negatively impacted by an experience of poor grace. Or maybe because of those experiences, you've been living in poor grace towards yourself and other people. I believe right now the Father wants to give you a powerful experience of grace. Because you need to, He wants to break you free from the imprisoned mindset of poor grace. You need to receive love and empowering presence to heal the effects of poor grace that you've received along the way. Beloved, you know, none of us has a right to stay wounded. We all have a right to be healed. And Jesus gave his life for you so that you could become healthy and confident in your access to his throne of grace. So that you could be totally assured in the power of grace as your advocate at all times. So let me pray for you. Father, we call up the riches and the power of your grace in the hearts of every person listening now and in the future. Your master key of grace releases us into the freedom of living powerfully and joyfully with you. It locks up the harsh taskmaster of poor grace, which is judgment, condemnation, and limitation.
Thank you that your grace removes the old perceptions and mindsets of poor grace. Thank you that your grace is filled with loving kindness and goodness. The gift of the riches of your grace empowers us to be the beloved at all times and in every life situation. Lord Jesus, as our public defender, not only empowers our healing from shame and judgment, he also is amazingly constant with empowering presence to help us to grow up in him in all things. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, to see the power of grace going before us and the beauty of grace around us and the confidence that grace gives us to travel well with you. Thank you for your empowering presence to inherit the riches of grace. We ask that in Jesus' name because he deserves it. Amen. You can personalize that prayer, write it down, add to it, and make it your own. But in your times of devotion, continue to receive true grace lavishly. Allow it to reframe, renew, and establish your mind on things above. Set your mind on true grace, not poor grace. And enjoy every moment of discovery of what's possible between you and Jesus right now. That wraps the first part of this episode. Now on to the second segment called Grace as Confidence. All of our learning is taking place in the context of our relationship with God. And this encourages us to think deeply with Him and to allow rejoicing, thanksgiving, and worship to rise up in our hearts from what we're hearing and discovering. Here's the primary key. Grace is actually a ruling power. We focused a great deal in this series on the shelter, comfort, and assurance of grace. We also want to be sure that our understanding and experience of grace empowers the authority it has to make us in God's image. It's the very foundation of the true definition of grace as God's empowering presence. Grace is more than a fallback plan for when we fail or a safety net for our lack. Grace is meant to actually lead the way, to go before us so that we can enter any situation with confidence because we know that grace is present. I love that. Grace allows us to stand and rejoice in hope of the expansive glory of God that is present in every situation. You can read that in Romans 5 verses 2 to 5. Grace is so powerful that it allows us to stand when everyone and everything else has collapsed around us. Your new man has complete access to God's goodness and kindness. And this is designed to overwhelm you with presence at the key point of every struggle. Isn't that a great thought? So that instead of striving, you operate from peace and joy in believing. I think we were created to be overwhelmed by the nature of God. 
which fuels our worship, thanksgiving, and our lifestyle of devotion. Grace allows us to thrive in that place and to live there with confidence. And I love the fact that it's the beauty and persistent goodness of grace that captivates our minds. And the majesty of empowering presence strengthens our hearts regardless of life situations. We're always being challenged by God's wonderful goodness. Paul's advice to Timothy was, don't forget, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus. Be strong not just for yourself, but for the oppositional person in front of you. Be strong in grace no matter what is going on around you. Show yourself to be powerful in grace. In 2 Thessalonians 2.16, Paul's message was that the God who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope by grace, comfort and strength in your hearts in every good work and word. So God wants grace to rule in your life so that he can give you faith for any situation you're facing. Then he can give you love for the people who are making your life difficult. An abundance of grace makes faith and love accessible and always possible. It allows us to receive and expands our capacity for majesty and excellence, no matter what you're going through. Grace makes the presence of God tangible and real. It breathes life into the truth that if he is for us, who can be against us? Grace allows us to conquer in life, Romans 8.37, because we have the confidence and the boldness in grace to do so. Grace allows us to do all things in Christ because he strengthens us, Philippians 4.13. So, what is it that stops grace from ruling in our heart? It's not just shame, guilt, and condemnation. It's also the thoughts, the perceptions, the fears, and the learned behaviors that come to us as part of our experience in this world. But you can put a stop to that by understanding that you're in the world, but you're not of it. The world has got little to teach you about life when the kingdom and grace is a much better tutor. Grace gives us a powerful perception, an unchanging mindset, and a constant and confident language. In fact, without true grace, it's too easy for us to be overwhelmed and defeated by oppositional people and circumstances. The language of heaven is heard in the majesty of grace that we embrace. What would be possible if we became confident in the empowering grace of God to see as he sees? And it starts with seeing yourself in Jesus. Remember, 
Grace is the empowering presence of God that enables you to become the person He sees when He looks at you. The Father sees you in Christ. That means that His beauty, confidence, and joy should provide you with a sense of wonder. His power, strength, and majesty and grace enables you to become strong, victorious, and to grow into a warrior and a champion just like Jesus. Grace is a game changer because of who Jesus is in you. You carry within you a treasure, something so inordinately precious, it dominates the world around you. You have access to the riches, plural, of His grace, and you can bring His empowering presence with you everywhere you go. I love the fact that grace reigns in your spirit so that your mind, your will, and emotions are never brought low. Honestly, Jesus doesn't deserve your negativity, and neither does the world around you. The world needs to see the glory of grace. They need to see a person's life who is so consumed by empowering presence that grace dominates every situation in their life. God is raising up a people who reign in life through grace because they know that grace is abundant. Therefore, they can become living examples that this is what it means to be a Christian. This is what life in Christ is all about. A people so rich in grace that when they encounter people, they bring an experience of God's beauty that allows people to respond to God's goodness. There's an expectation of that empowering presence of God everywhere they go. That's what we're exploring at Brilliant. And this is what we're exploring with you here on Brilliant TV. We expect you to become the warriors, the champions, the game changers, the explorers, and the pioneers who live in the ruling power of grace. So spend some time in conversation with the Lord today and in the coming days. Who do you want to become in grace.